Broadcasting live from Buffalo State College, here is The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Welcome into the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY Buffalo. We are back, and it's good to be back after uh, some areas in Buffalo got some near-apocalyptic levels of snow. <laughs> but it uh, the snow couldn't stop us from being in here in the studio today and putting on a good show for everybody. So... Let's get right into it. I am Tanner Saunders. I'll be your host, and we got a full house today. I have the pleasure of being joined by my dashingly good-looking co-host, as always. Going from left to right, we got Dan Dale, Double D, Hello. the man, the myth, the Buffalonian, Joe Callie, and the director of team media for the Buffalo State men's hockey team. Behind me, Evan Harrington. <clears throat> so... Buffalo sports, finally. We got a W. There was a bit of a dry spell because the Sabres, obviously, we're not, we're not going to talk about that just yet. They're, what, eight-game yeah. losing streak now? Yeah, eight. That That's tough to just even look at. Mm-hmm. makes me want to cry. Go for nine. And the, <laughs> go for nine. <laughs> at, nine. At, at this rate, we might as well go for our for our record. Go, go for, for Bedard. Go for 19. Yeah, go for that's Connor right. Bedard. Suck hard for Bedard. That's the saying <laughs> around the NHL, right? <laughs> But uh, the Bills, you know, Pause. they were on a bit. They were on a bit of a rough spell too. But they finally got back into the win column yesterday, defeating the Cleveland Browns thirty-one to twenty-three. So let's get right into it. Uh, the first thing that stuck out to me in this game was, despite having no Tremaine Edmonds, the run defense was fantastic. I was slightly worried about it, given our struggles the past two weeks. I mean, James Robinson and Michael Carter gave us hell when we played the Jets, and then obviously Dalvin Cook went to town on us, so I was a little bit worried, and I thought, especially without Tremaine Edmonds, I'm like, here we bleep and go, we're about to get rolled over. But no, our run D was fantastic yesterday. I mean... They they showed up, you know. They were consistently getting penetration into the backfield, particularly at Oliver. He had a really good game. Had a couple nice uh, TFLs. We held Nick Chubb to 14 carries for 19 yards, which was Nick Chubb's season low for rushing yards in a game by 37. So it wasn't even close. I mean, that was that was big time to see the run D get uh, get back on track yesterday. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially with a guy like Tremaine Edmonds being out, and you know, we were talking about how much of a run stopper he's been. I mean, they they stepped up. Milano almost had the entire defense on his back. All he needed was an interception uh, to get a full slate for himself. So, I mean, they they played pretty well. I I love it. And you see guys like Shaq Lawson getting in there, too. You know, it's cool. It shows the depth we have. So, Well, yeah, you know, coming into this game, when you're really looking at the Bills' defensive line going up against a team like the Cleveland Browns, not only do they have some of the best offensive linemen in the league, particularly on the interior, they have the best running back duo in football in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Now, Hunt only ran the football five times for 32 yards, but those were impactful runs. But when you're looking at the Cleveland Browns' running game as a whole, it's going to start with Nick Chubb, right? Nick Chubb, arguably the best pure runner in the National Football League, you know, right now. And the Bills held him to just 14 carries for 19 yards. I mean, just just think about that. 14 carries for 19 yards without Greg Rousseau, without Tremaine Edmonds. A.J. Epinesa goes down early. So right then and there, you're without three of your, it's three of your better players inside your front seven. Greg Rousseau is one of the top run defenders 
in the NFL. He's really good at, you know, containing and setting the edge. Well, he's out. You think that the Browns would be able to attack that. They tried. But, you know, like you mentioned, Joe, guys like Shaq Lawson, Von Miller, you know, Boogie Basham, uh, et cetera, some others, just really played the overall phenomenal game. And interior-wise as well, at Oliver, Daquan Jones, Jordan Phillips, Tim Settle, like these guys came to play. And especially Matt Milano. Just what a player he has become this season. He's arguably in the defensive player of the year conversation, especially in the Bills' eyes, and he had three tackles for loss. So the Bills' defense came to play, especially against the run. Yeah, I, I got to believe that. You know, I'm looking at the stats here, the Bills defense against the run, and they've won all but one game where they allowed uh, the other team to run for 90 or less uh, yards. This this run defense is great. I get it. Yeah, we had the tough slate with the Vikings, you know, but most of that came off one run, the 81-yard run. Um, Jets have a good running game. Packers found... They're running a game against the Bills, um, going for almost 200 yards. But when the Bills' run defense is on point, it is on point. Like, they they put their minds to it, and, man, they just stop everybody. And even with Tremaine out, I, you know, I, I actually miss more Tremaine just for the leadership role-wise because he is the one who mainly calls the plays, you know, able to bark about, around the field to the corners or safeties in case of anything changes. Um, that was one of the things that I was worried about in case of the communication, you know, got m- mixed up somewhere around there. Um, but, you know, Dodson did a great job in replacement. I, you know, you barely yeah. heard his name. Yeah, I mean, the only criticisms I guess I would have for a guy like Terrell Dodson it's just his sideline to sideline ability. Yeah, it's obviously not there like Tremaine's, and then but, but he's also a his reason coverage ability. He's your well, I know, backup. I know he's your backup. I mean, that would be my only criticisms with Dotson. I mean, he, I'm pretty sure he led the team in tackles. Uh, he did a good job at filling gaps and you know being aware of the situation that was going on. Like you mentioned, the Bills, you know, the Bills linebackers in Milano and Dotson are going to have to communicate with one another and they really have not had that chance because obviously Milano and Edmonds are out there every single play when healthy together so again got to credit Dotson uh just again my only little criticisms in his game is just his sideline to sideline ability uh is not there up with Tremaine's but again that's why he's your backup and probably just a little bit in coverage but again you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pay those prices when you have a backup in uh but nonetheless he, he filled in solidly but the one thing I will say that made a huge impact on this game, no matter what it was, their starting center got hurt, out for the game, had to go with a backup. You know, J- Jacoby's not that guy where it's like you can put backups with him and he'll be able to succeed. We saw that. He he had a couple of bad snaps, that backup center. Uh, low, high, you know, to the side. So To the other side. Down low. Hey, low. Anywhere, <laughs> north, <laughs> west, south, east, you know, anywhere. Um, and you could tell that affected their run game. You could tell it affected their pass game. You know, Jacoby had to run a little bit more than I think he wanted um, because, you know, even though he's a big guy, he doesn't have that big of a running ability. You know, he did get that one big game, but that was about it from his standpoint of rushing. Yeah, no, I, I think Jacoby – has had a decent season and had a decent game, but you're right in the fact that that you know 
once once that starting center was out, you did see those mistakes happen, and then our defense got back there quick when those low snaps were. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. That definitely <clears throat> was somewhat of an advantage, I would say. But I mean, all around, I think a lot of it has to do with which was mentioned, like these little flub ups, if you will, like we used to, like we like to say on here. Uh, they didn't practice. Like, like they had very little practice time, and there were a lot of younger backups going into the game. You know what I mean? So it's like, like Terrell Dodson didn't have that practice time. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. It, it's just kind of, I like that we rallied. Like we got our practice in the first quarter where I wanted to throw my phone at the TV, <laughs> and then and then we figured it out from there. You know, but like, I think overall this is a Josh was smiling after the game, and he should have been. I think this was a win. You know what I mean? Like. Overall, if we look at second half on, this is an absolute win. Everything was clicking. Mm-hmm. You know? And another thing with that, you mentioned talking about practice. I mean, you got to factor in, you know, some of the mental stuff that these guys are going through as well. I mean, just the all they had to go through just to be able to play. I mean, you know, some some of the guys they were talking about all these stories on the broadcast about how, you know, Von Miller had to hitch a ride with Sean McDermott just to get to the facility and, you know, Devin Singletary, all like five foot seven of them had to walk through, <laughs> you know, that the snow that was up to his waist a quarter mile down his driveway just to be able to get to the facility. Like so you gotta factor that in as well. Uh speaking about the defense, Matt Milano, as you mentioned, Joe, he had another tremendous day. Twelve tackles, three TFLs, a sack, a fumble recovery, almost he almost had an interception too. There's one that he just couldn't quite. Uh, yeah. Did he bring have in. like two chances actually? He, um, I thought he had two. He might have. I don't know, but I mean, either way, two minus plus, How, having I, the two or not, I, he had fantastic. You I, know, I but. think he needs to start doing wide receiver drills because I feel like <laughs> every time. Whenever he's covering somebody, the quarterback throws straight to Milano and he just like misses it or he drops it. Dude's just yeah. he and he's so big too. Like dude's massive, right? right. Like I know. how is he so fast? You know what I mean? Like he covers the field. I'm like, holy cow, like he's all the way over there. I can't believe it. He is a uh, a special player, no doubt about it. I mean and I, I love to see it. Like, if you guys remember before the season, I was jumping off the table saying Matt Milano was the most underrated player in football. But now he's starting to, to make people realize just how good he is. I mean, you heard Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips after the game gassing him up, saying he should be in defensive player of the year conversation. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, that's that's a tall order. That's a big thing. But definitely Matt Milano, he certainly should be in that first-team All-Pro range. The he's, way he's racking it up. This year. And, and the nice thing I will say... Um, like you mentioned, Tanner, coming into the season, you had Matt Milano slated as the most underrated player in football. Mm-hmm. Right now, I think it's finally time that Matt Milano is getting the credit that he deserves. I mean, just on different platforms that I've been seeing, whether that's TikTok or Twitter or Instagram or just any of these uh, professional football article outlets, for their like mid-season uh, all-pro team, they have Matt Milano on there with the likes of of like Micah Parsons and Fred Warner at the linebacker position. So so like I, I really think that not only are more Bills fans realizing how important and you know just how good Milano is to, for this defense, the league is realizing it too. And it's not just certain creators or certain people, it's big outlets and you know they're really giving Milano the credit he deserves. Yeah. You know, we're talking about defensive player of the year, and I searched up the odds, and there's an odd tracker 
out on the air tonight. Yeah. You know, Von Miller's in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Expected, right? Well, he's Von Miller, so yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. There's no other bill until Jordan Poyer and Greg Rousseau, who are in the 21 to 47 range. So Matt Milano's not even considered in Defensive Player of the Year, which it, is crazy. I'm not. He's saying, not even in the top 50. I'm not saying he's gonna win it. No, but man, the he should the money. Be, yeah, the money. Be, the money you could make if he if he made. Oh. oh yeah, he should be in in talks at least as a contender. You know what I mean? Like. I, if we don't, if we see this keep going, like he's consistent throughout the rest of the season, and he's still not on there, I'm throwing the flag and I'm saying there is a conspiracy. You know, it, it, there's something wrong here. Yeah, but. the top twenty is Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, Matthew Judon, Max Crosby, Aaron Donald, Darius Smith, Von Miller, <laughs> Quinnen Williams, J.J. Watt, Javon Hargrave, <laughs> Khalil Mack, Patrick Sertan the second, Hassan Reddick, Chris Jones, Darius Slayton, Talana Hafunga. Yeah, the oh, he's been awesome. That's a, that's a good, great. <laughs> that great name. Uh, Kevin Byer, Jeffrey Simmons, and Bradley Chubb. Oh, the, that is the killing? top twenty. You got to be kidding me, Aaron Donald with the failing, struggling Los Angeles Rams. No, is, that, that's like, fair. There's there's worse ones on. There I'm than shocked Aaron Donald. Matt Crosby is on there. Yeah, I he's mean he's always going to be good though. Yeah, I don't know. I I think honestly, Jeffrey Simmons deserves it. Yeah, I, I would probably give Simmons a good nod. Not saying he's above Milano, but his name. How you the heck there's... is J.J. Watt on there? Yeah, that's my question. Yeah, no, why that, is that's he a little... there? I, mean, I haven't J. seen him do J. anything J. huge this season. Did you say the next bill on there after Von Miller is Jordan Poyer? Poyer. And... Poyer. See, Poyer that's actually... And then it yeah. goes Rousseau. Every game Poyer has played when he's not been hurt, he's been great. I mean, uh-huh. even yesterday, he had a couple big plays. You my, know? my thing with it, it's so weird. Like, when does a safety ever win MVP or a defensive player of the year? Oh, like, like it's never. it's so rare. Yeah. There's no way a safety <laughs> would ever win it. So to have a guy like Jordan Poyer over Matt Milano is just like kind of mind boggling to me. Not saying that either one is not more important to this Bills defense or one of them's better than one another. I'm just saying like realistic odd betting, odds betting, or My just bad. in general, like what, Jordan Poyer <laughs> over Milano, like this doesn't make sense to me. No. Yeah, only five safeties have won the Defensive Player of the Year award. Yeah, five. Like, it's not. And when you look at the defensive player of the year, it's normally edge rushers and linebackers. Yeah. Dick Anderson from the Miami Dolphins in 1973. Miami Dolphins. Uh, Kenny <laughs> Easley. Kenny Easley, safety of the Seattle Seahawks in 1984. Uh, Ed Reed in 2004. Best Bob Sanders of the mm-hmm. Indianapolis Colts in 2007, and then Troy Polamalu mm-hmm. in like, 2010. Like, we're naming all-time greats. Yeah. We're not even naming, like, not saying Jordan Poyer's not an all-time great. We're just, we're not even naming some of the better safeties of the decade. Like, Jordan Poyer's not an all-time great. He's one of the better safeties of the decade. Like, there's just no way a safety would win MVP unless you're literally a top three player at that position of all time. Just saying. We can talk about this all day long. Moral of the story, Matt Milano needs to be higher in depoy uh, voting this year. Getting back on track here, <laughs> One th- another thing I wanted to point out from this game, you know, we mentioned that Cleveland struggled to run the ball, but we ran the ball with tremendous success. You look at Devin Singletary and James Cook combined, 29 carries, 172 yards, 
a touchdown courtesy of Singletary and almost six yards per carry, 5.9 to be exact. And Josh Allen really didn't do anything on the ground, excluding uh, the kneel down. He had two carries for eight yards. Now, Evan, we were talking about this before the show off the air. Not exactly the most impressive thing because the Browns came into this game with a bottom 10 rushing defense in terms of yards allowed per game. They were allowing 135.8 prior to this game. But the Bills did exactly what they needed to do. They ran the ball with effectiveness against a poor rush defense, you know, and they were able to protect a lead late. This is exactly what the Bills need to do more of. We see them, you know, time and again get out to these big leads, but, uh, you know, they can't finish because we can't run the ball. We need to be able to run the ball late in games to be able to protect leads and, you know, put our boots on the necks of our opponents so Josh Allen doesn't have to be the closer in every single game. And I think we did a good job of that yesterday. Yeah, well, well, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go, Joe. No, I was going to say it was nice to see like James Cook actually getting used in a game and Ken Dorsey actually having some creative play calling. So Diggs was open in the end zone a couple times. Like, I don't know. The play calling in general just kind of seemed a little better, you know, this time around. I mean, it, not in the first quarter, though. Sands first quarter, it was it was much better. Mm-hmm. And they actually used the running backs that like Singletary has been averaging about six, seven yards per carry. You know, maybe use him in your offense because he's been consistent. So they finally did and use James Cook. And Hines, as a punt returner and a kick returner, I love. I mean, he was doing fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I would like to see him a little more in the running back position, in my opinion. But that would be the only thing I would change. But, I mean, they did pretty good, pretty well, I I think, personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, when you go back to the fact of, you know, mentioning the run game and, you know, just being able to use it to kind of milk the clock and things uh, when the Bills do have a lead – um, like I kind of heard that point earlier. I think it might have been on WGR or just some Bills platform. Like when the Bills have a lead, no matter what, this team is still going to be passing the football to kind of drive that gas pedal and keep moving things forward. But like you mentioned, the run game it was effective. It's nice to have that in your back pocket to complement the pass. Because I'm just going to say this right now: no matter how good the Bills' running game becomes this team is still going to be throwing the football to put teams away in games. But you don't want to just drop back and throw every time. We saw this team do that a few times throughout the season, and it just hasn't worked because teams are just going to be playing the pass the entire time, and they're going to just try to take that away, and that makes life harder on Josh Allen on the offense. But if you can sprinkle in the run, you have that dual threat ability for an offense. You have that uh, just ability to confuse the defense a little bit you throw in a run throw in a pass and then yeah you can keep milking the clock and you can keep doing that because we did that against the vikings where we actually did try to run the football uh to milk the clock and it was like two straight runs or something or three straight runs and it just didn't you know go out to be anything but now if you have that uh you know pass and run ability that's gonna just shape things up much better uh for this offense going forward when they do have a 10 13 or a 14 point lead late in like the fourth quarter or you know late in the third yeah you you know you're gonna be able to pass and run the football to just melt the clock so I think that's good and the run game really showed out this past game now with the run game no discredit to it I think it's great but I think this leads forward future questions you know Singletary got 18 carries James Cook got 11 did the same amount of yards only Singletary got the touchdown now does with Cook getting ramped up in snaps and playing time, is it showing the moving away from Singletary in the sense of when he's a free agent, the Bills are not going to re-sign him, 
Or are they going to keep this together where it's going to be Singletary and Cook being a one-two punch and Hines just going to keep on being the punt and kick returner and receiving back when needed? You know, d- d- James Cook had a really productive day, and you can't discredit it. No. And he's been <clears throat> very productive when he does go up that middle. I mean, he he is doing something that Zach Moss could never do. Um which was to drive the ball forward, break tackles, and get through for instead of a two to three yard gain, it's now a six, seven, eight yard gain. Um, so yeah, what are your thoughts on maybe the Bills starting to move away from Devin Singletary and giving James Cook more snaps and carries and playing time? So I, th- looking at this as a whole right now, I was thinking the same thing like last week. I mean, but Singletary hasn't really stopped producing. You know, he's been very consistent. I think it would be different if it was like Zach Moss, you know, like where where he wasn't doing anything and really struggling to put anything together. But Singletary, like I said, is averaging about six, seven yards per carry every game, you know, whenever they use him. So I don't know. Like, it's tough because in one sense, you will have to re-sign him for money, right, when, his, when he becomes a free agent. Mm-hmm. And you have Hines, who is young and fast. You know that. And is and, on your contract book for two more years. Exactly. He is on contract for two more years, along with James Cook, who you're developing and who is already showing major strides and honestly looks the best out of the rookies we have on the Bills this year, development-wise. You know what I mean? Like, of all positions, he's made those big strides to be, like, the starter, quote-unquote, in the next few years, you can see. And I don't know. I think it's tough because you have to think here for a second. Like, are you willing to move on from Singletary – who has been producing and who will produce with another team if he is signed, or do you do you keep him but keep Hines on the, you know, keep him on the back burner and keep him as the the uh, receiving back and punt returner only when you kick returner only when you need him. So I don't know. It's tough. I would say they kind of pending how much Singletary would ask for and how much they would have to sign him for when he becomes a free agent. I think they stick with him if it's not a huge number. But if it is, if it's like too much to where we can't re-sign guys like Edmonds, which we have to re-sign, that's a must re-sign for me. And Poyer, right? You know what I mean? Like Those are two guys you might have to pick over Devin Singletary. So that's all going to factor in. But right now, I would say you you let Singletary finish out this season and then you, you use Hines and, um, and Cook. Yeah, I, I like Devin Singletary. I think he's a heck of a player, but... We just have, you know, and I've mentioned this before, with, when you have a team as good as the Bills, I suppose it's a good problem to have, but you're not going to be able to pay everybody. Like, you got to worry about Jordan Poyer, Tremaine Edmonds, Ed Oliver down the road. So, And running backs are a dime a dozen in today's league. So as much as I love Devin Singletary, I think with the capital that we've already invested in running backs, spending a second-round pick on James Cook, trading for Naheem Hines, it just doesn't make sense to throw money at Singletary at that point. I mean... Like I said, running backs are a dime a dozen. Look at Raheem Blackshear. Everyone was going nuts about Raheem Blackshear after the preseason that he had. So I just don't think it makes sense to pay a running back given given the circumstances. Yeah, my stance on Singletary right now is that I'm not even worrying about him as a free agent after this season. I'm just worried about with him right now for the rest of the year. And he's playing great football right now. And, you know, some of that is probably due to the fact that he is in a contract year and he is playing his, you know, behind off to produce 
at an RB1 level and say, like, hey, I can get a second contract in the NFL, whether that's with the Bills or not. But he is playing really good football as of late this season, and especially at the back half of last season. So this really isn't anything new. Uh, to me at least, and he had another great game, averaging 4.8 yards per carry on 18 carries, so kind of being that bell cow for the Bills and then, you know, getting into the end zone once. Uh, He played great, and he's continuing to play great. Uh, As of right now, he's probably still the best blocking back on the team. He's the best pure runner. He's got the best change of direction on the team uh, out of any running back. Uh, He's a solid receiver, not the greatest. That's why you have Heinz and Cook. But I, 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 I like the way the Bills are steadily getting their running backs involved. Obviously, Singletary is not going to go out there and run the routes that James Cook and Naheem Hines are going to run, but he's going to be able to run the football in between the tackles, break some tackles, and, you know, kind of, you know, get through the line of scrimmage and, you know, run the football tough. Uh, And that's what Singletary is doing. His nickname's Motor for a reason. But, you know, James Cook and Naheem Hines, both are doing really solid. James Cook had an awesome game last uh, yesterday afternoon, averaging 7.8 yards per carry. Uh, he's only going to get better, and I like the more uptick usage that he is getting. I don't think he should be getting more carries than Devin Singletary just because I, I think Singletary's a better runner. But there is certain packages that James Cook is better in than Singletary. James Cook had a rush um, on a little toss play where he got out to the edge. Uh, just with his speed, and I simply don't think Singletary could have done that. Uh, so again, that that's where James Cook comes in. Like there's certain run plays and run design packages that you have for Cook and Singletary or even Hines. So it's gonna just you know, time will tell how things goes. But I just kind of like the the way the running backs are working. All right, now let's briefly with the couple minutes we have left before we take a break here talk about the man himself, Josh Allen. I thought all things considered he played pretty well. He didn't have, you know, the gaudy numbers. He kind of became more of a game manager, you know, in the second half, but that's all right. Uh, early on, he had a couple uncharacteristic misses, a couple inaccurate balls early in the game, but he settled in and found his groove as much as he needed to as the game went on. What were your guys' thoughts on Josh's performance yesterday? I personally, I think the first quarter was just working out the rust from not practicing, right? And after all of the the hectic week here in in Buffalo and Orchard Park, all of, you know, eight, six feet of snow, and you saw Devin Singletary trying to walk to work. I mean, mm-hmm. the snow was taller than he was. So, <laughs> um, I I think Josh was just kind of on, you know, getting a little loosey goosey there in the first quarter, and you saw the change. You saw what what when it snapped, like he was throwing. Davis was also dropping. There were a couple passes there that's another thing that we'll probably get to at some point Davis needs to be more sure-handed but those throws that were dropped on Davis's end in the first quarter were not necessarily Allen's fault I don't believe I think that was a lot on Davis he's had some issues catching this season but I think personally Allen had a good game I mean he didn't throw for 400 yards like he has tried to he didn't try to play hero football the entire game he took the checkdowns Knox had a day you know why because Josh Allen was taking checkdowns which is what he has to do and they put us in the position to win and let Singletary rush it twice into the end zone like come on like that's that's what needs to happen and it's not just you're not putting it all on him then you know like you're spreading the wealth and I think that's what saved this game for him too granted Fantasy points as a fantasy manager with him yeah. on my team. I was not not too happy. Only, I feel you. He was just like kind of, you know, mediocre. I could have put Jimmy G in and it would have had the same effect, you know. But from averaging 35 points from losing but still throwing 350 yards, I'd rather have them win and 
throw 187 yards and for one touchdown and let everyone else do something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that to me, I think Josh Allen and he was smiling after the game, like I mm-hmm. said, and he deserved that smile. He had a good game. Yeah. Yeah, and you know my thing with the Bills and Josh Allen. Not only did Josh Allen have a good performance, but the one true telling uh, story slash tell in Josh Allen's performance was the fact that he was better in the intermediate game right in between the hash marks, right down the middle of the field on the season when targeting the ball 10 or ten plus yards to 20 yards downfield. His completion percentage or his quarterback rating is 55.1, which is well, well below the league average. In this game, from what it looks like on its quarterback chart, he went three for four in that area. Uh, so that is, that, that's a nice little telling tale there. Uh, Josh Allen was, you know, just, again, kind of like a game manager, made some big-time throws when needed to. Uh, sometimes he had to extend some plays with his legs, but he did some nice things overall. 18 for 27, 197, and one touchdown. Not the mind-boggling box score stats that, you know, an MVP, like MVP caliber player like Josh Allen's going to put up. But sometimes you need your quarterback to play those types of games when the running game is working, and it did right there that game against the Browns yesterday. And I'm going to take that out of Josh Allen nine out of the ten days of the week just because we got the win. Yep, it's not uh, not going to win him MVPs, unfortunately. I hate to say it at this point. It feels like it's Mahomes' award to lose, yeah. but it's going to win us games, and that's all that matters. That's what we need to do. After you know that rough stretch there, the uh, the two-game losing streak, we just need to keep pace in the AFC at this point. Danny, got anything to add in on that before we go to break here? Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> Why wouldn't he? <laughs> Why would I not? <laughs> uh, you know, Josh had a great game, you know, first quarter grand as we're all saying but I did like seeing the offense kind of evolving without the use of Stefan Diggs that much I know Diggs was angry you know he talked to Sean he said hey why am I not getting involved in much as much I want to be involved going forward um it, it was nice to see kind of like not using our number one wide receiver that Davis can so- show up you know, Knox can do what he needs to do. Singletary can catch. You know, it was it was nice to see different people get different chances. Um, I I really would like to know where Khalil Shakir went. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know where he disappeared to. Maybe uh, he did something. I, I don't know why. I, I don't know if he was sitting next to Tanner Gentry on the bench. You know, just having some fun, but. Um, Josh Allen was great. You know, when Josh Allen plays great, we do great. So uh, if we keep this moving forward, especially with Detroit this week, I think we'll be fine. Dan, you just mentioned a name that reminded me of something. The Bills this season, I have to shout out my fellow Tanner. The Bills are 2-0 and this season when Tanner Gentry has been on the active roster. So just, just take that for what it's worth. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll, uh, it'll be Tan, Dan, and the Buffalonian. We'll begin our NFL roundtable, recap some of the other games from around the league. So stick around for more of the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. Swings out, fields over the middle. Cole Komet, one-hand block. What a catch by Komet. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Welcome back to the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. As promised, it is Dan Tan and the Buffalonian Joe Callie. 
And now we are uh, ready to begin our NFL uh, roundtable, around the league, whatever you want to call it. And let's uh, let's start off with that game right there. The Chicago, actually, no, let's not because we didn't get a chance to talk about the uh, the Thursday night game from last week mm-hmm. since we did no show on yeah. Friday. The Tennessee Titans and the Green Bay Packers. The Titans. Beat the Packers 27-17. to Danny must have been happy about this one because Derrick Henry, fantasy beast. <laughs> 28 carries, 87 yards, a touchdown, two receptions for 45 yards, and a four-yard touchdown pass. Derrick Henry now has three career passing touchdowns, and no other running back has had more than two in the past 15 years. That's according to Titans Stats on Twitter. So, Dan, I imagine you're pretty happy about that one. Oh, here we go. Oh, He's do we want up. it? Yep. Okay. Here we go. Don't you dare be sour because the king is back in business. The man can run. The man can throw. The man can even receive the ball if he wanted to. The dude does everything. He tackles. He hits. He hits six people. He makes people fumble. He intercepts the ball. He does everything. Aaron Rodgers can't even stop it because he's the king. Derrick Henry is the king, and you know it, and place the crown and bow down! <laughs> yep, I I had a feeling that that was coming. <laughs> Dan's about red in the face now, but <laughs> the, yep, the, that's, uh, that's all that needs to be said. Derrick Henry. I recorded that entire thing. It's going to our Snapchat group chat. <laughs> oh, jeez. So everyone, everyone can view, review that. So. Tanner's never been able to catch me. King Place the crown upon the head of the man. Also, we should give some credit to Ryan Tannehill. Over the past two weeks now, Ryan Tannehill has played the number one and number five defenses in terms of pass yards allowed per game in Denver and Green Bay. And in those two games, he's 41-63, completing 65% of his passes, 588 yards, 294 yards per game, four touchdowns, a pick, and a 109.8 pass rating. So, you know, the NFL community likes to dunk on Ryan Tannehill from time to time, but he's been pretty solid, you know, this season, but particularly the past two weeks against great defenses. I would say the most dunkable moment of Ryan Tannehill's career is when he played for the Miami Dolphins and just absolutely flubbed. Yeah, they flubbed <laughs> that pass. The side the the side pass just went backwards and rolled back for like 20 yards. Like it was just like it was that was like I could go out there and do that moment. You know what I mean? Like that was like holy cow what happened to him? It just like like literally just vomited out of his hand. Like it wasn't even <laughs> like it was a an NFL throw. I didn't know what I watched. But that is the moment everyone seems to go back to when they talk about Ryan Tannehill. So, I mean, but recently with the Tennessee Titans He's been putting it together. I mean, a lot of people, I play the Titans on Madden quite a bit this weekend. I don't know why. Yep. Just kept matching up. Mm-hmm. Everyone's putting Malik Willis in. I'm like, where's the respect? Like, yeah. come on, what are we doing here? Like, I don't know. Ryan Tannehill. I mean, I don't like him. Do I like him at all? No, I'm glad we won 41-7 to earlier this season. Yep. But, I mean, for the team, he's been playing well compared to how he played with the Dolphins, so... Also, we got to put some respect on Mike Vrabel's name. This guy might very well be in Coach of the Year conversation this year. I mean, you look at the team they played, Green Bay. They lost Devontae Adams, and they're now 4-7 and seven on the season. The Titans, they lost A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Taylor Lewan early in the season to injury. They lost Harold Landry to injury before the season even started. And despite all that, they're 7-3, and three, and they're the only team to be 7-3 and three or better through the first 10 games in each of the last three seasons. That's according to CBS Sports HQ on Twitter. Mike Vrabel, I don't think there was any doubt, but he's still out there proving that he is one of the top coaches in this league. 
Oh yeah, especially in a horrible division. I mean, <laughs> um, no, no offense to Mike Vrabel, but to take it with a grain of salt. You're in the AFC South with a Houston, a Jacksonville, and a Colts uh, team that doesn't know who it what defines a coach. Um, so, you know, good for Mike Vrabel that he can make something so great with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. Um, Tannehill's been great. You know, he's shown that he's better than Malik Willis and why he deserves to start still and get paid. Um, you know, Traylon Burks has a very bright future ahead of him uh, because he got seven receptions for 111 yards. I mean, Robert Woods only got six for 69. Nice. But... Um, <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> but... The the Titans have a game plan. It works really well. That's the reason why they were number one in the AFC last year. You know, they still have a half-decent defense, you know. Um, really, it's their safeties that lead the way with uh, Kevin Byard. I, I mean, he is one of the best safeties in this league right now. Um, the The Titans are, are going to be hard to take down in the playoffs, maybe. But... Um, <laughs> You know, Derrick Henry is for sure the only reason why they are winning games because he can do everything. All right, I'll give you, I'll give you credit there, Dan. That's a, that's a good point. I mean, I still think Mike Vrabel is one of the top coaches in the league, but he does have the benefit of playing in one of the worst divisions in football. One last thing from this game: Christian Watson continued his breakout. He had four catches for forty-eight yards and two touchdowns. He now leads all rookie wide receivers with five receiving touchdowns, which is crazy when you take into account that he had zero prior to week number 10. Moving along, the Chicago Bears defeated the Atlanta Falcons 27-24. to I picked the Bears to win that game. I was wrong. I forgot to send my game picks to the uh, group chat for this past week, but I'll just go, go through them here as we go along. Uh, Justin Fields, Bustin Fields, 14-21 for a buck, 53, a touchdown, a pick, also had 18 carries for 85 yards and a touchdown. He passed and ran for a touchdown in the fifth consecutive game this season for him, which ties Kyler Murray for the most such consecutive games in the Super Bowl era, but it wasn't enough because the Bears lost late yet again. That stat, according to ESPN Stats and Info, uh, we Dan consulted. He consulted the group chat yesterday before the game started. He said, "Should I go with with Bustin Fields or go with the go with Jalen Hurts?" And we told him Bustin Fields. He probably would have been a little better off going Hurts, but Fields still uh, able to deliver yesterday, at least from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, no, uh, Justin Fields did great. He got twenty two. Jalen Hurts got twenty four. So nothing really to uh, you know disagree about, but. Man, it's going to hurt when Chicago may lose Boston Fields for a week or two and have to go with their backup, Trevor Simeon. I, I mean, how is that guy still in the league, uh, first <laughs> off? But, um, you know, Justin Fields has had a great season, uh, especially in this back half. Um, you know, he's shown that if you put the offense in his hands and allow him to move out and do what he wants to do, like Mitch wanted to do for all those years, it actually works pretty decently. You know, maybe they don't win games right now, um, but they have a very bright future, you know, especially for a Chicago area where they're going to be making a new stadium, you know, no more Soldier Field. Yeah. Um, You know, the defense, you trade away your best two defensive uh, 
defensive lineman in um, on your defense at the trade deadline. Um, and your defense and your offense still look pretty decent. You know, you got Chase Claypool now. But very bright future ahead for this team. Oh, yeah. I, I, there's no question about it that Justin Fields is him for that team. You know, I mean, he's really proved that this season. There was a lot of questions about it uh, in the beginning of the season just from his previous performances. And especially after that Trey Lance, that first rain game, I mean, everyone was just kind of like, what is happening right now? You know what I mean? Like, there was no definitive. A couple weeks ago, though, against the Patriots, he absolutely turned on. And holy cow, has he not been the same since? And mm-hmm. he's proved, like, you know, he's he's Lamar Jacksoning better than Lamar Jackson at this point in time, I would say. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just like, you know, I, I think he's proven himself, and the Bears can definitely build a team around this guy and have a very successful team. Bears fans, I'm telling you, if there's a Justin Fields apology form out there, send it my way. I'll be the first to sign it because earlier this season I said Justin Fields was the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. The real worst starting quarterback in the NFL we'll get to uh, later in this segment, but it is not not my man Bustin Fields. One more thing from this game, Cordero Patterson scored his ninth kick return touchdown of his career, which is now the most in NFL history, and he now has seven career touchdowns over 100 yards. No Nobody else in NFL history has more than three. That's according to NFL research. Cordero Patterson, he is just, he's amazing. Moving along, the Ravens and the Panthers played yesterday. I picked the Ravens, and I was correct. The Ravens won 13-3. I don't have much to say about this game. This one was an absolute snoozer. The Panthers are uh, still kind of a disaster. The Ravens, congratulations. You moved to 7-3. and three. Do you guys have anything else to say about it other than that? What a boar fest. Yeah. Oh, my God. Lamar, I, I didn't know a flu could affect you that badly, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, it killed a lot of people back in the day. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what medicine was horrible. Yeah. That's, that's um, why we have modern medicine. There, there, there's a different time for that, Joe. Uh, but um, I, I think you should have won this game pretty easily. Uh, you had Mark Andrews back. Uh I I really didn't think he was alive for most of that game. Um, Baltimore, if you want to be a playoff team, yeah, you know there there there's that option. But you, you made Baltimore away, and here you go, Andy Dalton. <laughs> as I said, <laughs> Baltimore, Lamar Jackson is not Lamar Jacksoning as well as Justin Fields at this point in the year. They give up close games. Right, even against us, they were ahead mm-hmm. for three quarters of that game, yeah. and then we come back and win. That's happened four times now to their team. Like that—that that is absolutely nuts. They're saying the Bills can't win close games. I mean, come on, look at this. Like they—they they are losing not close games, which is like I—I I don't know. To me, ten times worse because at least the Bills, these games they've lost have been three points. I mean, they've been in it. You know what I mean? Like the the Ravens have kicked these teams out of the game pretty much and just let them walk right back through the door. So. I don't know. It's just it's it's interesting. I I think the thing is everyone's touting Lamar is like, "Oh my god, MVP again possibly." Not if they're playing like this. Like in they're not going to all four teams in the AFC East right now are currently in the playoffs, right? That's a this is this is a close division right now. So that that takes up quite a bit of space. You know what I mean? If they, if it continues this way, and if they keep playing like that, they're not going to be not going to make it. They're not going to make it. Or a first round exit if they make mm-hmm. it. 
I'm with you there, Joe. Moving along, the Washington Commanders and the Houston Texans played. I picked the Commanders, and the Commanders won yep. 23-10. to 10. They have now won five of their last six games, and Taylor Heineke is now 4-1 and one this season, and he was named the starting quarterback moving forward unless his performance necess- or necessitates, I think that's a word, necessitates yeah. a change, um, according to Ron Rivera. So that's... Taylor Heineke, man, he just, the guy just wins. I don't know what it is about him. Like, he's not the best quarterback. He puts the ball in harm's way a fairly decent (laughs) amount, but the guy just, he's a winner, man. He's a rallier. That's what he is. He gets that whole team around him, and I think you see Carson Wentz didn't really have that out on the field. You could tell. These guys love Taylor Heineke, right? Like, he, he's jumping around after every play. They're all over him. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it looks like they're all having fun. I mean, and you look at it. Ron Rivera was just straight and to the point in that press conference after he named him the starter, right? Mm-hmm. Why why the change, someone asked him. That's a very, very paraphrased version of what they asked him. Mm-hmm. But why the change? He goes winning. Mm-hmm. Like, sim- simple and to the point. Yep. I'm like, whoa. All right. All right. No no holds barred on that one. That That is, uh, I mean, it's hard evidence, though. And until he starts really losing and doing bad, you can't justify changing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... Taylor Heineke, he has a great story. I mean, the dude's been amazing in great games. I mean, Buccaneers he kept close with in the playoffs. He beat the Eagles this year. He's not beating the Texans. I mean, rightfully so. He deserves the starting job with Wentz, you know, coming off an injured finger and not producing like Carson Wentz should. I mean, Ron Rivera at this point is now saying, hey, Carson, Carson, you see that in and out over there? That's where you're going now. Bye-bye. Um, hey, he might go to the Ravens. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't even get started. Uh, but, man, it, it's great to see that Washington is at least finding a way to win somehow because um, on my depth chart on coaches to be fired, Ron Rivera was my second. Uh, you know, he, he was, he's been on a hot seat this entire year you know um because he hasn't really had a winning season you know he got to the playoffs with one of the worst records ever um with a losing record and you know it's nice to see success i keep saying that over and over again but it's true success 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 yep all you want is success that is right. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Colts played yesterday. The Eagles came away with a 17-16 to victory. The Colts kind of had them on upset alert for a little bit, but uh, Jalen Hurts led a game-winning drive. Dan's over there flying. He is about to take flight. Jalen Hurts had 276 total yards, two total touchdowns yesterday. The, uh, the Eagles shut down that Colts run game. I would hope so with all these additions they made on the defensive line recently. They brought in Indomitian Sue, Linval Joseph, and they paid immediate dividends. They allowed only 99 rushing yards to the Colts, and 45 of those 99 came on the Colts' first drive. And Nick Sirianni was awful fired up to beat the 4-5-1 Colts by one point. He was hopping up onto the bench, jaw-jacking with fans after the game. Apparently it's because, you know, he was upset with the firing of Frank Reich. Like, Frank Reich was a huge uh, mentor to him, but still, it seemed kind of corny to me. Like, if you want to take if you want to take out your frustration on anybody it's not the fans that fired frank reich like go stand on jim ursay's desk and yell at him if you want to take your frustration out on somebody but uh, either way eagles victorious in that one 17 16 i'm gonna start before dan goes on his <laughs> little you know eagles victory uh-huh. over there i 
Okay. So listen, I've been I've been stere- not stereotypically. I mean, I I don't I don't believe the Eagles, right? I really don't. I they lost last week. They got absolutely picked apart by Taylor Heineke and the Redskins. Commanders, Commanders. Sorry, that was completely that was that was uh I was going back there. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. It's just what I'm used to calling them. But uh um Washington Commanders, they picked them apart last week. They knew how to stop Jalen Hurts, and I think if any team is effective in stopping Jalen Hurts, boom, that's that. Like they, they really I mean, Miles Sanders is a great running back. He's had a great season, but I mean, you were struggling to deal with the Indianapolis Colts led by Jeff Saturday. I mean, let's just be honest here for a little bit, you know. And like I think if they play the Chiefs, if they play the Bills, still, I don't think they're going to win either way. I, even the Vikings. I mean, but granted, the Vikings lost 40 to 3 yesterday. I know we're going to get to that. You know what I mean? But like, I mean, they put up quite a game against the Bills, and that, that's huge, you know, and they played competitive all season. So this guy's back in the studio now. I don't know what's going on, but. Uh, no. Oh, he oh. forgot stuff. Oh, he forgot. He forgot. You're not something. on. Sucks getting old, doesn't it? You yeah. can't remember anything. <laughs> Forgot my uh, camera equipment. Oh, that that would help. <laughs> All yeah. right, now get out. <laughs> get no, out. <laughs> no, I just I think I want to. I like Jason Kelsey. He's probably my favorite player on the Eagles. I like their podcast every week. Oh yeah. yeah. I loved when they lost and he like started just screaming and raging on the podcast. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Like you know, it was just. But I I don't I don't really. They have to, to me. They they have the record right. But at the end of the day, your record means nothing once you enter the postseason, even for the Bills. We could be three and three in the division, right? We could be playing the Dolphins round one if we don't get the number one seed, right? Mm-hmm. Like it could be like you know the Dolphins beat us in the regular season one for one. Like it was like it's going to be close, but I, at the end of the day, as long as you don't have a zero in your column for the loss side in the postseason, that's all that matters. And yeah. I don't know if these other te- a lot of other teams get hot in the postseason. I think that might be where the Eagles fall because those are other like good teams. You know what I mean? So it's just instead of playing the Colts and Jeff Saturday, and you know Dan's going to go off right now. I'm waiting for it. He might want to turn his level down before. <laughs> uh, fly Eagles, fly baby! Uh man, you know you you may say, oh, the Colts, you know they're such a bad team. They're Jeff Saturday. You know they they should have won this game pretty easily. They they beat the Chiefs. Don't don't forget their defense is pretty good. Um. You know they they did hold uh, the Eagles to three. I I mean they just crumbled away and did nothing. And that's the Matt Ryan way, man. You you, you got Matt Ryan as your QB. You better be ready for some choking. Um, and Jalen Hurts can prove that. You know even with not having the most productive day, he didn't have really any major turnovers except for the one fumble. Um, they had. And he ran the ball pretty. He ran the ball efficiently. He passed it efficiently, especially to uh, Devonta Smith. Um, I, I mean, the dude is such. He's going to be such a dangerous weapon going forward because I feel like he could get into that Josh Allen level where he's going to become a very threatening pass runner. You know, breaking out to the side and also having to design runs. Um, he's just going to get better and better as years get on, especially with Nick Sirianni going to be there for probably another two years now with such a great start and such a great record. Um, 
but yeah, no, you're you're wrong about the Eagles. The was Eagles he taunting the first round by? Was he taunting Colts fans in the stands? Is that what I was seeing? Yeah, I, I, I thought. Or he was, was he talking to Eagles fans? I thought he was talking to Eagles fans. Yeah, I don't know. We might have to actually in the break view that video again to mm-hmm. see. But because I I know in the post game interview he said that this was for Frank Reich because yeah. of how much I love him, mm-hmm. um, which rightfully so. They probably talk. I, I oh, mean, yeah, Diggs talk. talks back to the I, fans when he's on the bench. I know. You know what I mean? Right, and coaches talk to each other all yeah. the time because – Oh, I thought you were talking about the fans. I was no, like, no, I was saying the coaches. <laughs> um, you know, Brian Flores with Bill Belichick and Brian Dable, you know. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah, maybe not the best situation. <laughs> but they keep their numbers. They keep intact with each other. Right. Um, you know, it, it really is – that I bet Reich said some stuff to Sirianni that said, hey, here's what they're doing to me after he got fired. You know, here's what they did to me. They made me use Ellinger. They didn't give me a chance with Jonathan Taylor healthy. Um, I just feel extremely bad for him. I know, but he gets a way better opportunity now. He gets out of that crap show. Right. He might be the Bills' offensive coordinator if Dorsey craps out this season. Yeah, he was was talking to Eagles fans. I mean, the the people that were like in front of him were Eagles fans. There was Colts fans in the area, but it looks like he was just... Maybe he said we did it for Frank. Right, in his postgame, yeah, yeah did it for Frank. And, and rightfully so. I mean, the dude Free got Frank. replaced Hashtag. by a, a no-name drinking buddy. Right. You know? Well, that's uh, the thing. I think uh, you saw the... Like, Phil Simms blew... Or Bill Cower. Bill Cower. He, oh, blew, he, he blew up He about dug it. into him. Yeah, oh, so, I mean... But I also kind of respect Saturday's approach. Like, he kind of blatantly said, he's like, if I'm good, I'm good. If I'm not, I'm not. You know what I mean? Right, and he's happy I feel, with either. I, I, I feel yeah. I have respect for him. I don't have respect, respect for, for the Ursa. organization. I don't have respect for Ursa. No. Yeah. Not at all. He's because, a jerk owner. Exactly. Because Saturday is coming in, and it's already that toxic environment, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you look at it as now, is it his fault? No. He's just taking advantage of a job that's been offered to him, right? A well-paying, extremely well-paying job to coach a football team. And I do have a quick question for you, fellas, about Jeff Saturday. Before mm-hmm. we, before we move on, I know this is a little off topic. Uh, he in his last high school football game he coached before getting this coaching job. Mm-hmm. True or false? He won. Oh, wow! Really? True or false? Wow! Fifty fifty here. Um, True. I'm gonna go false. Dan is right. He lost his last really? high school football game he huh. coached before he before taking the job with the Colts. I, I when I heard that, I couldn't believe it. But I mean, at the same time it's high school football, so yeah, I mean yeah. like it doesn't really matter. But I just thought that was interesting. You know what I mean? His record, I don't know, but you know, <laughs> as far as I know, it's oh and oh and one. You know, as long that's as I it, know. That's all you need to know. Yeah. All right, let's take a break and we'll continue this segment when we come back with more of the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY Buffalo, Buffalo's original alternative since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. Don't live in Buffalo but want to listen to WBNY? No problem. Download the Radio FX app and listen to us anytime, anywhere. From the 16-yard line, Marcus Jones. Got a block from Schooler. Here he goes. He's going to try to beat the putter. He does. He's gone. And that is a touchdown. 
Welcome back to the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY Buffalo. That was the Patriots and the Jets. I picked the Jets to win this game, and I was mistaken. The Patriots won 10-3 off Marcus Jones' game-winning 84-yard punt return. That is the second latest go-ahead punt return in the final minute of regulation since the merger, only trailing uh, Deshaun Jackson's miracle at the Meadowlands in 2010. Yesterday, that was the second game in the Super Bowl era that featured a punt return touchdown and no other touchdowns. The only other one was a 10-6 Colts win over the Dolphins in 1994. That's according to Pro Football Reference. The Patriots now in the last 14 games against the Jets, 14-0. and They have had the Jets number, and we got to talk about this Jets offense. You know, I mentioned earlier in the season that I said before Justin Fields turned it on, I said he was the worst starting quarterback in football. Well, I think that title has unfortunately, I hate to say it because I have been an ardent defender of this man, but Zach Wilson. I mean, the Jets offense yesterday, they reach new levels of ineptitude that I didn't know were possible in the NFL. They had more punts yesterday than Zach Wilson had completions. The Jets offense had 10 punts. Zach Wilson had nine completions. They were only able to muster up two yards in the second half, which is the fewest second half yards in a game this season, and it's not even close. The previous two lowest were Seattle in week one. They had 34, and Tennessee in week four. They had 28, and Zach Wilson, when asked yesterday if if he felt like the Jets' offense let their defense down, his answer was no. Like, no. do you not get it? But that's the difference between Zach Wilson and Josh Allen. Like, there's many differences between those two players, but Josh Allen just gets being a franchise quarterback. Josh Allen, you remember the game after the Jets where he had a 64.6 QBR? He said it's hard to win when your quarterback plays like dirt. I mean, he didn't say he didn't say dirt, but slightly paraphrasing. But yeah, that's but that's more or less what more 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 or less what he said. But Zach Wilson, who had a much worse game than even Allen did against the Jets, said, no, we didn't let the defense down. I mean, when your defense holds the other team to three points, yet you're only up, you're able, you're only able to muster up two second half offensive yards and have more punts than completions. That sounds like the ultimate letdown that an offense can have for a defense. And Zach Wilson, just another excuse he made after the game. He's like, "quote I think you have to take into account it's windy as hell out there too, guys." <laughs> oh my End god! Quote. Patriots now, love windy games. Look, Mac Jones, <laughs> who has far less arm strength than. Zach Wilson and is playing in the same conditions on the same field with worse skill position talent than Zach Wilson went 23 of 27 85.2% completion percentage 246 yards so that just that that doesn't hold any water and Zach, it's actually just home game advantage yeah. home, home team advantage yeah. Zach Wilson's That's ranks this season out of 33 qualified quarterbacks 32nd in passer rating 33rd in completion percentage 31st in touchdown to interception ratio and tied for 31st for a passing touchdown percentage per attempt so it's just I can't I've been like I said I've been an ardent Zach Wilson defender but I can't do it after yesterday yeah, I know. It, it, it's bad when your quarterback doesn't even realize that he's the problem. I I mean, that's like Baker Mayfield going in and saying, I'm the first overall, first number one pick, and I uh, I don't care what I do, you know, and you're a backup to P.J. Walker. Um, that That's pretty bad. Uh, I, yeah. I, I'm waiting for the Mike White fandom to come back. You know, Mike White is now the backup, not Joe I should have been the first overall pick. Yeah, right. We wiped the floor yeah. with him right after he said um, that. 
But <laughs> the only thing that I will say that I'm thankful for from this game, because, you know, we're on, this is our only show during the Thanksgiving week. Um, and I, I, I'm thankful for NFL Fantasy Football, their Twitter account. You know, they do their show and they said, you know, look at the weather in New England if you have Nick Folk or uh, Greg the Leg Zerline, you know, the kickers. And I had Nick Folk because Ryan Suckup was on by, mm-hmm. dropped him right away, picked up Brett Maurer. What a move. <laughs> what a move. It's like anyone who had Tyler Bass this week. I know. It was like, <laughs> what a move. Um, thank you. That's the only thing I like. From NFL fantasy football, thank you. Uh, your Twitter's amazing; <laughs> it helped me. Yep. Uh, Dan's um, praying over here. He's got the hands together. Yep. Thank but, you. But uh, thank you for the Patriots for being the Jets. You know the Jets are now last in the division, but rightfully so. Uh, they they are frauds. They deserve to be known as frauds. They're, and they're not frauds. They're they just are a frauds. quarterback away. They're a good team. They're a quarterback away from being a great team. Exactly. I would I would say the same thing. Maybe they go for Baker Mayfield. Season. They're frauds this I season. think only fraudulent. I'm not saying frauds in the future. I'm saying frauds this well, season. Well, listen, as an expert in fraudulence, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna speak I'm gonna speak on this. Um I I would say the team itself, they have the coach, right? Robert Sala keeps the receipts, like we've said. You know? The they, CVS receipts. The CVS receipts for the performance enhancers he he takes. The dude's ripped. He's yoked. <laughs> but uh so I I would say the coach is legit. The defense is legit. is legit. The offense, specifically at quarterback, they have the running back. They have Brees Hall, right? They've got some okay receivers too. You know. Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. They've got some they've got the pieces. All you need is a quarterback who's competent and doesn't put the blame on someone else when they when they lose and if you maybe honestly you look at it Baker Mayfield's not playing in Carolina right now right I mean he is a better leader right you see he's literally taking snaps with as a defensive lineman in practice you know what I mean like that he head bunts all the offensive linemen when not even playing yeah exactly like he's like he's that leadership position right and granted the the system in Carolina might just not have worked for him you know what I mean right and the pieces there aren't working. He might be a quarterback the Jets go after, and then they're a serious like they're they're a serious team. I would they say they bring back Sam Darnold. Yeah, no, <laughs> that is not gonna that that won't fly. But it won't fly. I no no, and <laughs> Sam Darnold is never coming back to New Jersey. Um, I would I would say though they're like Tanner said a quarterback away from being a legitimate team. I would say. All right, moving along here, we got let's see one two three four five six games and. 20 minutes can we do it we will find out uh the saints the saints beat the rams i pick the saints they beat the rams 27 to 20 andy dalton had a good game he now has 14 passing touchdowns this season which leads the nfc south believe it or not that's according to stat muse alvin Kamara became the second saint in history to hit 9,000 all-purpose yards joining only marcus colston chris olave had his third career 100 yard receiving game and he did his best stefan diggs impression absolutely torching Jalen Ramsey on a 53-yard touchdown. Meanwhile, for the Rams, not so good. Matthew Stafford suffered another concussion after having one last week, so hopefully he's okay and will be okay moving forward. The Rams have now lost four straight games for the first time in the Sean McVay era, the last reigning Super Bowl champion to finish the following season with a losing record was the 2003 Buccaneers, and the Rams are on that trajectory right now. They're currently sitting at 3-7. and That's according to NFL research. Yeah, no. Uh, 
Andy Dalton has unlocked a second power. Um, you know, we're getting close to the Christmas time. I know this week's is Thanksgiving, but the ginger man likes his gingerbread, man. He, he he making some money over there in New Orleans now. He may be the starting quarterback going forward. I don't know. I don't know if uh, Dennis Allen likes anybody else but the ginger man. Um, but the Rams, you you know, Stafford's having all these problems this year. You know, we know he's gotten injured in years past. But this season just more seems more overkill than any other. And I think that's due to your offensive line being so terrible without Andrew Whitworth. Um, Rice, he retired. Yeah. You should have went after another veteran, but you didn't. You you wanted to go for Cole Strange uh, in the draft, you know, that New England took in the first round. But good win for the Saints, man. They're, they're, they're proving, you know, not to be the best team around, but they – they can sneak in if they want to. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Damn, that gingerbread man pun, that was one of the slickest puns I've ever heard in my life. That was awesome. That was just, that was great. That was S-tier pun work there by Dan Dale, double D. All Go right, the, the lion, that, that's Bumble. right. We might have to put it in there. The Lions and the Giants, I picked the Giants. I was mistaken. They lost 31-18 to 18 to the Lions. The Lions have won three straight now for the first time since 2017. Kenny Galladay did a thing for the New York Giants. <laughs> After having zero catches and two drops on six targets through his last four games, he hauled in his lone target for 14 yards yesterday, and they showed, like, the crowd gave him, like, a standing ovation and everything it was <laughs> it was pretty funny for the lions uh aiden hutchinson he had a pretty nice game he had an interception picking off daniel jones he is the only player in the nfl this year that has three plus sacks and three plus takeaways and is the first player in over 30 years with at least five sacks and two interceptions in his first career at 10 games those both courtesy of nfl on cbs Defensive rookie of the year right there. I, I yeah. don't think there's no. an argument anymore. No question. Um, you I know, think he's the no, only one, yeah. No, no matter how good Sauce Gardner is playing and Derek Stingley, I think they're playing great respectfully, but that dude's on a different level right there. Aiden Hutchinson is the man carrying that Detroit defense. Um, and... He Detroit. might be the only man on that Detroit defense, period. Yeah. <laughs> you got to give him some credit because they, uh, they shut down Saquon yesterday. Right. And Jamal Williams. Who would have thought at the beginning of the season that we would be saying that Jamal Williams has double-digit touchdowns in the season? You know, I, I knew he's a good he's a half-decent running back. But, man, to get more rushing touchdowns than uh, DeAndre Swift, that was a little out-of-the-pocket guess there. Uh, but good win for the Lions. You know you're 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 going on that high. You know three straight wins. You're going you're going up the mountain, and this week you're gonna fall all the way straight back down. All right, the Raiders and the Broncos. I picked you don't the, get to the, talk, Joe. Oh, sorry, Joe. Did you want to say something? <laughs> no, I was just gonna say I, uh, the Detroit Lions going into there again this week in Detroit. I mean, it's it's. I, I like the Giants, but I had a feeling that they were gonna lose to the Lions because you know they've been kind of rolling a little bit and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I picked the Lions. I picked the Giants. I went a little, little crazy on that one. I was, I was called, I was, on my podcast, I picked them. So that's the record I'm going off Big of. Dubs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's you know a good pick in the end, but you know mm-hmm. tough. 
All right, continue, Tanner. Raiders Broncos. I paid. This is the uh, the battle of the two worst head coaching hires <laughs> of this past NFL offseason. They should have called it the one and done bowl. Loser of this game gets fired after the season. I picked the Raiders. The Raiders came away with the victory, twenty two to sixteen in overtime. Derek Carr hit a walk off touchdown to Devontae Adams. According to NFL Research, Derek Carr is now eight and two in his career in overtime games, which is the best win percentage by any quarterback with ten or more overtime games played in their career the second best is Tom Brady who has a 71.4 win percentage he's 10 and 4 in OT games in his career Devontae Adams became the first player to hit double digit receiving touchdowns this year although Travis Kelsey was uh, following closely behind Josh Jacobs had 160 total yards. He's got the most 150-plus yard games by a running back this season, according to StatMuse. And for Denver, things just keep getting worse. Broncos country's riding all right, but they didn't know that they were going to be a ride in the Titanic this season. If the Broncos had scored 18 points in regulation in every game this year, you guys know what their record would would be right now? I believe I saw this stat. 9-1? 9-1. Nine and one, except they're now three and seven because they can't score more than seventeen points in regulation. Russell Wilson only has two more tu- two more touchdown passes this season than Joe Flacco, and Joe <laughs> Flacco hasn't played since week three. Oh, geez, that's scary. Devontae yeah. Adams is the reason why this Raiders offense is the only thing that's keeping it alive. I mean, his last three games, Devontae ha- Adams had. 10 catches for 146 yards, two touchdowns. Nine catches, 126 (laughs) yards, and a touchdown. And then seven catches, 141 yards with two touchdowns. That dude's the only reason why they're doing well. Yeah. I would honestly argue that Derek Carr may be gone. Uh, You know, Derek Carr, great guy. You know, he has a lot of spirit in him. But I don't know if he can run this offense anymore. Uh, you know, I get it. Waller's out with uh, IR, you know, Hunter Renfro, but you haven't used him all year, so nothing really to do there. Um, but yeah, you're, this this was just a horrible game to watch. This was, uh, yeah, right as I saw it going into overtime, <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, why are we here? Yeah. Uh, of all the games that could have went to overtime, you picked this one, uh, NFL script writers, come on. Uh, but yeah. I, I do have one piece of breaking news, and we're going back to a past game about the Texans in Washington. Adam Scheffner tweets out that Lovey Smith left the door open to a QB change this week, uh, going away from Davis Mills to Kyle Allen. Uh, Smith said, we are not pleased with where we are. Do we need to do some things differently? Yes, and we will. So just just a little breaking news there. All right. Not General Mills. <laughs> the, uh, the Cowboys and the Vikings. I picked the Cowboys, and boy, I picked correctly. The Cowboys molly them 40-3. to three. The Cowboys secured their largest margin of victory on the road in team history, according to NFL on uh, CBS. And that was the second largest Viking home loss in history. They lost by 42 in 1963 to the St. Louis Cardinals, according to ESPN Stats and Info. Kirk Cousins' streak of 39 consecutive games with a touchdown pass was snapped. The only quarterbacks since the merger with the longer streak, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning. 
Tony Pollard, Tony P, he was a beast yesterday. And the past three weeks, he's been a beast. He's had 464 yards combined and six total touchdowns in the last three games. And yesterday, he had more receiving yards than Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and TJ Hawkinson combined. And, Dan, you mentioned Brett Maher. we got to shout out the kickers, man. Shout yeah. out to Brett Maher. Four for four on field goals, including a 50 and 60 yarder, and also four for four on extra points. Uh, Kirk Cousins, going back to him, he was sacked seven times yesterday. Day, which is the most sacks in a single game by the Dallas defense all year. And the most times Kirk Cousins has been sacked in a single game in his career, according to NFL research. And they did it in three quarters. They didn't even need the fourth. They got him seven times in the first three quarters alone. Dallas's defense now leads the NFL in sacks this season with 42. And the Vikings, interestingly enough, they have a negative two point differential now this season, which is the lowest in NFL history by any team to start a season eight or or two or eight and two or better through 10 games. The previous low was the 1987 Chargers, who had a plus six point differential through their first 10 games, and they ended up missing the playoffs that season. Yeah, no, it, it it's crazy to think about that. I yeah. mean, oh. <laughs> oh my god, I, I have completely lost my train of thought. Um, oh yeah, okay, I'm back on it. Never mind. Um, <laughs> You know, Minnesota will always have last week. That that's the only thing that they'll have for the rest of the season. Um, you know, I, I I projected way back when for Minnesota to win the NFC North. You know, it's coming true as we speak. But you know, Aaron Rodgers, hello, discount double check coming back into play here. Oh my gosh. He he's coming out of the grave, man. Um, and, and this was just completely embarrassing when you see Cooper Rush. In the fourth quarter, you know something's wrong. You know something went bad. I'll tell you the worst thing about this is they – so this is one of the nationally televised games. They cut away from this game midway through the third quarter to go to the the Bengals-Steelers game. That's how bad it was. I've never seen that happen before where a team was getting whooped that bad that they cut away from the game midway through the third. Just just like, okay, this game's over. They did that with the the Bills-Steelers game. When? Earlier this season, because I was watching it on Roku, and they 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 cut it and put another game on. Oh, we were sure. we were up so high. Yeah, I was watching it on whatever cable channel was on CBS or Fox, and they played the whole thing. I remember. Oh yeah, so well, maybe that's just a Roku. Yeah, maybe I mean, it was because it was streaming, and it was like the NFL streaming thing. So yeah, they put right. the yeah. I mean, I don't know. Either way. No bones about it. The Vikings got their tails kicked yesterday. I can't believe that. Like looking at it, forty to three, like that. After seeing uh, like the game we played against them, Mm -hmm. and then seeing that, I was like, where was that last week? You know what I mean? Like, what was what was the difference? I mean, a fumble on the coal mine was the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or else we wouldn't be talking about yeah, you know, the Vikings being us. There's a lot of things that were the difference in that game. The Bengals and the Steelers, I picked the Bengals, I picked correctly. The Bengals won 37-30. to 30. It was shysty season out there. Mr. Shysty, Joe Burrow, Joe Brrrr, 24-39, 355 yards, four touchdowns. His third career 350-4 game. He also hit 10,000 career passing yards yesterday, becoming the third 
fastest player to hit that milestone. And I wasn't sure how the Bengals would fare when they lost Jamar Chase because they've been kind of bipolar this season. Like one week they'll just go and Joe Burrow will put up these gaudy numbers and they'll just beat the hell out of some team. And then the next week they'll look, you know, like a Division three college team. But since losing Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow has thrown for 809 yards, eight <laughs> touchdowns, three interceptions, a 103.2 passer rating, and he has a 2-1 and record. So doing all right without Jamar there. Um, I just think it's a little scary if you're the Bengals giving up 30 points to the Steelers. Yeah. that That's probably the one thing that I would be worried about if you're looking for a playoff push. Um, well, I mean, they got one in garbage time, so it was essentially 23. But Right, gone. yeah, but, you know, still 23 to the Steelers doesn't sound any better than 30. You know what I mean? It It's still like you're allowing a bottom feeder kind of just to stay alive. For most of the game, because at one point it was, what, 27 to 23? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was very, very close yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I get division game, you know, that, that keeps all these games close, but not, no, not with the Steelers. No, no, I don't care if <laughs> TJ is there or not, no. Well, he is their team. Well, yeah. That's he, what I would say. He's their whole defense. Yeah. I, I mean, people are making jokes there in fantasy football. Instead of Pittsburgh defense, it's just T.J. Watt <laughs> defense. Yeah. Nice. I mean, honestly, though, they're not wrong. I mean, when I, he's I mean, not, not in the game versus when he's in the game, it's like a different defense out there. So. Oh, 120%. I mean, Levi Wallace even got an interception. Yeah. Like, like Because the pressure's all of a sudden on the quarterback. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where's that been? Oh, T.J. Watt. You know? I, it, he is their defense. I, I mean... That I do agree with you, though. Letting that many points go for the Pittsburgh Steelers is a little alarming. But Last but not least of the games played yesterday, the Kansas City Chiefs and the L.A. Chargers. It's always a fun time when Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert play each other. The Chiefs came out victorious 30-27. to I was rooting for the Chargers just so the Chiefs could be back on a level playing field with us. But the Chiefs pulled it out, as has been the case all season for Kansas City. It was the Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey show. Mahomes is now 14-0 and in road games against division opponents, which is the second longest winning streak by a starting quarterback in road division games since the 1970 merger, trailing only Joe Montana, who had a 20-game win streak against division opponents on the road from 84 to 93. And Travis Kelsey now has the most games with 100-plus receiving yards by a tight end in NFL history. He passed Rob Gronkowski last night, who had 32. Kelsey now sitting at uh, 33, and that was all it took for the Chiefs to do the Chargers in last night. Yeah, no... The Chiefs, I think, got very, 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 very lucky. You know, injuries really affected both teams here, but I think the Chargers got the worst of it with Mike Williams and I believe DeAndre Carter, Joshua Palmer getting hurt for most of the game. So, you know, that that really puts an effect on Justin Herbert because. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have only played about 45 snaps uh, going into week 11. You know, it went up a little bit more, of course, but still not a good number with your top two receivers. And I get, yeah, Juju's out, McCole Harmon's on IR, Kadarius Sony got called out um, halfway through the game for Kansas City, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire was out, but Isaac Pacheco, oh my God. Where, what, what are with these rookie running backs coming out of nowhere, uh, just doing really well all of a sudden? Um, 
Because running backs are a dime a dozen. Yeah. I I mean, the Chiefs, they're, they're always a hard team to beat. They're 8-2. There's a reason they're 8-2. You know, only losses to the Colts and to the Bills. Uh, this should have been another loss tonight, but mm-hmm. um, or yesterday, rather. But, yeah, you know, you do what you do. Brandon Staley should teach a master class on how to lose games in the last 10 seconds. No, it, <laughs> That's it, all I'm no, saying. No, it's the whole Chargers organization. They just have a curse against them. They legitimately, Anthony their team, Lynn, though? Like, how are you not winning with that team? Justin Anthony Herbert? Lynn, yeah, Anthony Lynn had all that time management problems. Stanley <sighs> now has all that. Staley Try- likes to go for it on fourth down on their own 30-yard line. So right, that, yeah. that's the issue there. I mean, it's, like It's injuries, man. Injuries get them every year. I mean, they've gotten absolutely destroyed by injuries this year. I follow the Chargers a little bit because my, my best bro back home is a Chargers fan. So, you know, I, I've been following them pretty closely throughout the years, and it's just, this year's no different than the rest. Just <laughs> injuries and, you know, bad coaching. You mentioned Staley makes some questionable decisions from time to time. I think – they would be uh, better served looking for a new coach because, I mean, Staley's a defensive guy, right? But the defense has been horrific pretty much his entire tenure there. Like, they're still they're still not a great rushing defense. I mean, you look at J.C. Jackson when he played this season, he was not good. So I think they'd be better served looking, uh, looking in a different direction for a coach. But, yeah, coaching and injuries, that's been the Chargers' bugaboo for years, and it's no different this year. Let's uh, take a break, and when we come back, we'll make our game picks for Week 12. Is that right? Yeah. We're making it's our it's Monday, and we're already looking forward to next week. We never do that. Well, since we're not going to have a show on Wednesday and Friday, we kind of we kind of got to. And since we didn't make our game picks last week on the air, we're going to make sure we get Week 12s in on the air this week. So stick around for that. You are listening to the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. All right, welcome back to the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY Buffalo. I am Tanner Saunders, joined by Dan Dale, Double D, and Joe Kelly, and it's time to get into game picks for week number 12. So, so far through week 11, just to put a bow on that, I am 8-4, and four, and on the season, if my math is correct, 99-63-1, and one. and that's still, uh, we're waiting, obviously, the result of the 49ers-Cardinals game tonight, but that's where I stand so far. How about you, fellas? Do you guys, you guys were getting on me to get that information ready. Do you guys have that information present? I, I closed my, my Google Doc here. Dan. It's okay. It's okay. I updated it, all right? I'm m- updating mine as we Tanner, speak. Tanner, I, I, we have a, a problem here. I have 99.64 and 1, and you have 99.63 and 1. Yeah, I'm gonna go back. To, I'm gonna have to go back to like week ten and make sure. Yeah. But I'm around. But we're the same area. record technically, so screw it. Yeah, just know that uh, I'm around that area. So okay. I, I made definitely I flubbed. I made a math error somewhere. But uh, who knows? Even I may have made a math error. That is true. That is entirely possible. But uh, all right, while we do that, let's get into our game picks. Starting off, let's just finish. Let's put a bow on week number 11. So tonight on Monday Night Football, we have the Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers. And this game, I got to take the 49ers. Now, the Cardinals have had their number, you know, over the years. Ever since Kyle Shanahan took over, really, the 49ers are 3-7 and seven against Arizona since Shanahan took over in 2017, including 3-1 and one against the Cardinals over the past two seasons. But 
Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are both questionable. DJ Humphreys and By- Byron Murphy are both out. And uh, you look at the 49ers, they have some big injuries too, particularly in that front seven. Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw both out. But all things considered, I got to go with the 49ers in this one. Colt McCoy is going to lead the Arizona Cardinals down the drain. Oh, my God. I can't even think about it. It's that bad. Kyler Murray ain't going ain't gonna to play most likely. Uh, James Conner is most likely also going to be their best offensive player out there if DeAndre Hopkins can't go. Um, so I, I'm taking San Francisco here. I think Jimmy G can get it done. Yeah, I'm taking the 49ers as well. I did. T- I was able to tally up my wins. I don't have the losses. I'm at 104 this total Ooh, season. So that is just from these picks in the pot. I do the same ones every week. You know what I mean? Just from show to show. So 104 wins on the week on the season. But I am taking <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo in the 40, 49ers. There's no question. No way. Cardinals do this. In a week. Yeah, that'd be pretty impressive. good. All right, now let's move on to week number 12. Let's start with Thanksgiving. We're going to hold hold off on one Thanksgiving game. We're going to save the best for last. But let's start off with the New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. And I am going to take the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they're coming off pretty much a statement victory against the Minnesota Vikings. And, you know, the Giants are kind of trending down right now after that loss to the Lions. So I think the Cowboys hand them another one in this interdivision matchup. Go ahead, Dan. All right. Sorry, uh, I took a breath like I was yeah, going to talk there. I know. <laughs> uh, John Feliciano is hurt. He wasn't at practice today, and, you know, that's their starting center uh, for the New York Giants. And we saw how backup centers go for other teams with not that great quarterbacks. So I'm going to take the Cowboys and Dak Prescott to run all over with Tony P. Yeah, I think Tony, Tony Pollard's going to have another fantastic game against the New York Giants. I mean... But then again, Saquon could have a good game. This is kind of a tough one. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna bite the bullet here. I'm going New York Giants. I think they bounce back after last week. All right. The next Thanksgiving game, the second of three, and this one is the nightcap of the Thanksgiving games. We have the New England Patriots at the Minnesota Vikings, and I got to take the Vikings here to bounce back at home. You know they're going to be ticked off because they just got embarrassed at home. They sec- they suffered their second worst home loss in team history against Dallas. So I think they bounce back. And the Patriots offense, not exactly world beaters. Like the Jets defense is good, but they only, you know, mustered three points offensively against the Jets. So give them the Minnesota Vikings. You know... I, I hate doing things sometimes, but sometimes when you think about how did Minnesota lose? A good receiving running back, uh, great defense, and Bill Belichick has all of those things. Ramondre Stevenson is a great receiving running back. He always has a good defense. Matthew Judon's having an amazing season sack-wise. Um, I'm going to take the Patriots, fellas. I with the upset. Yeah, Dan, big upset guy. I'm going to quote Lizzo here for a second. Oh, no. New man on the Minnesota Vikings. I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings. We don't know who that new man was, looking back on it, but I am taking the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> that, that was the whole quote. Yeah. New man on the Minnesota Vikings. It's from her song, Truth Hurts. Is no it? man on the Minnesota I don't know. Vikings. You know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So uh, I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings, though, because they, there's no way they don't win after losing 40-3 to to the Dallas Cowboys, especially against the New York Patriots. That, you guys are forgetting. I just said the New York Patriots, New England Patriots. Kirk Cousins on primetime. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sticking with it, though. I'm sticking with it. You I know, mean, maybe I they'll already... put Bailey Zappi in, and that'll flip the whole thing on its head. <laughs> so I don't know. I already um, locked it in. I did not take that into consideration, but it's locked in. I am sticking with it. I'm going with Kirk Thuggins. I'm good. Kirk Thuggins. Moving along to the 1 o'clock games now, the Houston Texans at the Miami Dolphins. I don't think we have to spend too much time on this one. I am taking the Miami Dolphins. I mean, the Texans are in shambles right now. They only have one win on the season. You know, they're contemplating a quarterback change going away from from Giraffe Neck Mills, General Mills. So I think that tells you all you need to know. I am going with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, no, I, I, I got to go with my man Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill having a phenomenal season this year. You know, he is QB proof. No matter if it's Tua or Patrick Mahomes, he doesn't care. He's going to run all over your defense like it wasn't even there. Um, I'm going to take Miami. Yeah, I'm going with Tua turn the ball over on this one. I, I like it. I, I think, like you said, one win on the season for the Texans. And Kyle Allen, if they put him in his quarterback, oh, is no. not going to make any difference. So I'm going with the Dolphins. As much as I hate to say it because I'd like to see him lose a game, you know, but... Uh-huh. <laughs> Next up on the docket, we have the rematch from the AFC Divisional matchup last year. The Cincinnati Bengals going up against the Tennessee Titans. And you know what? I was just talking up the Titans in our NFL roundtable segment, but I got to take the Bengals here, man. I mean, the Bengals still managed to win the game last year, and Joe Burrow got sacked like nine Nine million times. times. Mm -hmm. Oh, only nine? I said nine million. (laughs) Yeah, so... I th- and that offensive line of Cincinnati is starting to come into their own. They're playing a lot better. I mentioned how good Joe Burrow has been doing, even without Jamar Chase. So give me the Cincinnati Bengals. Give me Mr. Joe Shiesty. Joe. Brrr. Do you mind if I go first before you you prime up oh, there? Sure. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals. No question. Even if it gets sacked nine times, it's an absolute win. Bengals over the Titans. Absolutely. Dan, go Don't ahead. You be sour because the king has returned and the king will rightfully show the Cincinnati fraud Bengals who is the king and who to bow down to. The Tennessee Titans will destroy the, the scared kitty cat Bengals. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Scared kitty cat bangles. Got to love it. Scared kitty cat bangles. Yep. So in case you listening at home could not decipher a single word Dan says, he emphatically believes that the Tennessee Titans <laughs> will take care of business and defeat the Cincinnati Bengals. Moving along. Oh, boy. This this game right here, this might be the NFL's toilet bowl for the season. We have <laughs> the Denver Broncos at oh, no. the Carolina Panthers. If I could pick both teams to lose this game, I probably would, but uh, I can't, so mm, give me the home team. I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers because, I mean, the Panthers have a pretty decent defense, and the Denver Broncos offense is physically incapable of scoring more than 17 points in a game, so I'm going to take the Panthers here. For some reason, I really want to take a tie here. I I really want to take a tie. Uh Uh-huh. but I, I guess I'll go Broncos. I, I really don't have reasons for it anymore. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a rematch of Peyton Manning's last Super Bowl victory. <laughs> so right, yep. I am, uh, I'm going to take the Denver Broncos on this one, I would have to say. I think 
Russ might actually cook in this game is I don't know. It, it is a dumpster fire of a game. I'm going to be honest with you. So I'm just taking the Broncos because I like the catchphrase. Let's ride, or, yeah, let's or ride. burn and die in the dumpster fire. I don't know something. <laughs> so that's uh, Broncos slang. That is ride is slang for burn and die in a dumpster <laughs> fire. Apparently this season. Yeah. Moving along, we have the battle of the former worst starting quarterback in the NFL versus the current worst starting quarterback in the NFL, according to me. It's Bustin Fields and the Chicago Bears at New York Jets and Zach Wilson. And I'm going to take the Chicago Bears. I know the Jets have a very, very good defense, but Justin Fields has been just about matchup proof, you know, ever since playing the New England Patriots. It doesn't matter who he's been playing. He's been lighting them up. And the Jets' stock is down right now. We mentioned they're a good team. They're a quarterback away from being a great team. So I think, finally, this is where the Chicago Bears break through and win a game. You know, Justin Fields is day-to-day with his shoulder injury. I just think he's day-to-day from beating the Jets. Uh, (laughs) Man, (laughs) I I, I don't think there's anything stopping this Chicago team, uh, unless if Trevor Simeon comes out of the wordworks here. Uh, Yeah, I'm taking the Bears. I'm going to take the Bears as well. Bustin Fields is going to be fantastic, as usual, in these past couple of weeks. So there's no question about it for me. I'm taking Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Bear down! Joe, I, I, if you've been listening to the shows, you may or may not know, but the reason I call him Bustin Fields, not because I think he's a draft bust. I think he might end up No, he's bussing. Because whenever he busts out of that pocket, it's, he's getting big gainers on the oh. ground with his legs. That's why I call him Bustin. Because right. he's always busting out of that pocket and making magic happen with his legs. Sounds Moving good. I hope on. you don't mind I grabbed onto your catchphrase there. No, you're good. <laughs> no, that's it. That's his name now as far as I'm concerned. Bustin Fields. All right. Now, next game, we have the Atlanta Falcons at... Taylor Heineke and the Washington Commanders. And like I mentioned in our NFL roundtable segment, Heineke, the guy just wins. So I got to take the Commanders. Plus, we haven't mentioned this yet, but the Falcons, you know, the fallout from that game yesterday, Kyle Pitts suffered a torn MCL that is likely going to require surgery. So they'll be without his services. So all in all, that leads me to take the Commanders. It's not like they use Kyle Pitts at all this season, honestly. That's fair, but still, that yeah. guy's a unicorn. He's a great, yeah, he's a great tight end. But, um, yeah, I got to take Washington, especially with them just activating Chase Young off of IR. Um, you know, that's a big thing to get back for their defense that hasn't been getting that much pressure. Um, that, that actually might turn them into a really good winning team. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I think Washington uh, – Red uh, Commanders. Uh, yeah, that's their name. Yeah. Washington, name <laughs> redacted. Yeah, name redacted. Name redacted. I'm uh, Heine's going to pop some Heine's with the boys after he Heine. wins. Uh, I'm I'm going with the Washington Commanders. Uh, the Falcons, honestly, it's, they're tempting because they have been overperforming the season from what everyone expected, right? I mean, did I expect them to win last week? No, I did not. I did not at all. Um but I, I think the commanders, with the way Taylor Heineke rallies the guys around them, there's no question to me that they win. And I'm going with the commanders. Joe, I got to give you credit. Dan had a really good pun with the uh, the Andy Dalton gingerbread man. But I got to give you Heineke's going to pop some Heineys. Are you talking as in like beer, like Heineken? Uh, Heineken beer, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, right. not not a not a behind, yeah, not a Heine. It's, it's a, uh, no, <laughs> I got to give you credit. That was a good one. I just had to get clarification there because I wasn't entirely sure where you were going. But no, nah, I'll give you your credit there. I'll give you your flowers. That's a good one. I appreciate Next it. Next up on the docket, we have. 
Tom Brady, the newly divorced man in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, taking on Jacoby Brissett and the Cleveland Browns. I got to take the Buccaneers in this game. I mean, if the Cleveland Browns better pray to the God of NFL centers that they have their starting center, Ethan Pochich, back for that game because, I mean, their interior offensive line, you saw, if they can't handle Ed Oliver and them, how in the world are they going to handle Vita Vea? So give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, Tom Brady ain't going to have no Thanksgiving this year. Man's all by himself. He's turkey. Uh, uh, Giselle's got the new boyfriend already. Right, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I think Brady's going to go out there a little ticked. He's going to throw a little turkey bomb, maybe maybe four, tu- maybe four, three touchdowns, I think. Three touchdowns from Tom nice Brady turkey. for a turkey bomb? I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, Tampa Bay, even with Deshaun Watson coming back and this being his first game, I believe, coming off the suspension, um, I still have Tampa winning. Yeah, Wait, Deshaun Watson don't come back till uh, not the week after. Yeah, no, I thought it was this week. No, uh, he no? can pra- he can like fully practice and be activated this week, but he comes back to the game like to be able to play. Because remember, it's against Houston. Like the NFL oh, script yeah, writers right. went crazy. Okay, with that. Yeah. my bad. Yeah. But I am going. Then Jacoby Brissett is worse. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. I I think Tom Brady's going to bring home the turkey the turkey bomb and. Uh, Leonard Fournette's bringing the gravy train in. So I, I, I think the Buccaneers are going to beat the Browns, especially, like you said, Tanner, if they couldn't handle Ed Oliver and our D-line, no shot they stop that. No shot they stop Tampa Bay, Vita Veu, right? Am I pronouncing that correct? That Vita is Veu. correct. Vita Veu, yeah. No, so I'm going with the Bucs all the way. All right, moving along, we have the Baltimore Ravens at the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I'll – I'll make this. I try to pick at least like one upset every week. I'm going to take this took my as idea. my upset. <laughs> I'm going to have the Jacksonville Jaguars winning this game because they're going to be well rested. They're coming off a bye week, and the Ravens just did not give me any reason to believe. Like with their game against Jacksonville, I mean, that was just a snooze fest. Like, not a particularly great game. Their defense, I'll give it to their defense. Their defense had a great game, but offensively, I mean, just I'm not real high on the Ravens right now. So give me the Jacksonville Jaguars at home in this matchup. Yeah, I'm going to agree, I think. I think I'm going to go Jacksonville. Um, I don't think, you know, unless if Lamar contracts the West Nile virus or something yeah. that makes him really sick, um, you know, I I think Baltimore will be better this week, but I don't think they'll be good enough for a well-rested team in Jacksonville. Yeah, I think just the way they're coming off their last, you know, game, I, I don't think I don't think they'll have enough juice in them to be like that you guys both said a well rested coming off the bye week, Doug Peterson led Jaguars team. I mean and the Ravens haven't given that that itch to anyone that they're winners. You know what I mean? So it's just like I feel like this could be a close game. It could go either way, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Jags. Next up we have the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Seattle to take on the Seattle Seahawks and I'm going to take the Seahawks like the Raiders cool they got their win over the Denver Broncos but that doesn't take away from the fact that they've been a complete disaster this season we're on the flip side the Seahawks have been one of the NFL's biggest surprises this season so you know what give me Geno and the Seahawks yeah Geno for comeback player of the year baby Um, yeah he ain't the MVP Barkley might be yeah, but um, it's, be- it's between him and Saquon, I would say. Right, and uh, I I think Geno is proving maybe he works in a good offense with uh, Pete Carroll and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I mean, 
Maybe this was what he was missing for all these years. Maybe he's finally reached his prime. Who knows? But um, he's definitely going to be Derek Carr and Derek Carbs. <laughs> Derek Carbs. Yeah, the when he sits on the sideline and pouts when it's not going his way and cries in press conferences. He's going to eat so much food on Thanksgiving he won't be able to move. Oh, yeah, he's carbo-loading, but a little too much. I am, uh, I'm going to go with Geno Smith in the Seattle Seahawks on this. To me, it's just... He's Russell, like I said about Lamar, he's Russell Wilsoning better than Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson right now. You know, he's moving around and making those throws that Russell Wilson can only dream of making again for whatever reason. Whatever reason he fell off, which is a lot to do with the Broncos, but we're going to we're gonna steer clear of that for now. But I'm taking the Geno Smith-led Seattle Seahawks. All right, that brings us to the Los Angeles Chargers and the Arizona Cardinals, and I'm going to take the LA Chargers in this matchup I mean they've had two games that have come down to the wire essentially in the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs and these are against two good teams the Arizona Cardinals however not a great team like their defense we talk about the Chargers defense being a disaster but Arizona's is on that same timeline they are you know in that same vicinity of disaster as far as defense goes they're comparable to the Chargers. So this game, I could see this being like a 42-35 to 35 type game because neither defense will be able to get a stop. But in the end, I just think the Chargers are the better team. They have the better quarterback, you know, the better skill position talent. So give me the L.A. Chargers. Yeah, no, give, give me the Chargers. I mean, this really depends if Kyler Murray's in or not for me. Um, and Deshaun, or Deshaun, DeAndre Hopkins, my God. Um but with Keenan Allen just coming back and being more lively than ever, I mean, he got 94 yards yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was on a snap count. That wasn't even him playing the full game. So I think he'll get ramped up and he'll definitely, uh, Justin Herbert will beat the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, no, I definitely would agree with that. The Chargers are a better team if their coach actually is competent and you know, their their offensive coordinator calls the right plays. I mean, like you said, Keenan Allen had a day. So I'm, I'm going with the L.A. Chargers, and I, I hope Justin Herbert pops off. All right. Coming up next, the New Orleans Saints on the road in San Francisco to take on the 49ers. And I got to take the 49ers in this matchup. The Saints got their, their win against an NFC West opponent in the Rams. But now they're going up against a much better team with all that offensive firepower that the 49ers have. And especially at home, I'll take the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to take the gingerbread man in Andy Dolan. And I, I think Alvin Kamara's going to have a nice game. You know, Taysom Hill's having some value for once. Chris Olave looks great. Jarvis Landry coming off the injury. I, I think they can definitely beat San Francisco. So I'm going to take the Saints. Uh, I'm going with the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo and Christian McCaffrey. I, 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 there's no question. The, the Saints are good. Andy Dalton's a better quarterback to me than Jameis Winston, but... Honestly, I, I don't think the the 49ers at this point in the season really start putting things together for that postseason run, and I think they're going to do it, start doing it. So I'm going with the 49ers. Moving along, we have the L.A. Rams 
traveling to Arrowhead or GEHA Field, whatever they call it these days, the yeah. LA Rams taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs, simply put. I mean, the Rams just got lit up by Andy Dalton this past week. You know, he went 21 to 25 for 263 touchdowns and a 149.6 passer rating. So if Andy Dalton's doing that type of damage, I don't even want to imagine what Patrick Mahomes might do to this defense. I don't care, you know, if he's down. You know, McCole Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius Toney. As long as you got number 15 and 87 out there, you got a pretty good shot. So give me the KC Chiefs. Yeah, give me the Chiefs. Stafford might be out. You know, they're looking into his concussion situation. And John Walford wasn't even out there when he got replaced. What the heck, Rams? But the Rams are going down the drain. Chiefs are going to win this game easily. Yeah, especially the way Travis Kelsey's been playing, too. I'm going with the Chiefs, no question. I mean, would I like to see him lose a game and the Bills win? Yes, because then we have the tiebreaker, but this is not the game they're going to lose, um, unless the Rams really pull something out of nowhere. Uh, Cam Akers, baby. Yeah, Cam Akers actually plays football. I, I, I think the Chiefs win this, absolutely. That brings us to Sunday Night Football, where Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers <laughs> travel to Philadelphia to Lincoln Financial to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I know I just called them Aaron Rodgers, but this is my other upset. I'm taking the Green Bay Packers to win this game. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was uncharacteristically not good against Tennessee. Like, he just had some real, some inaccurate throws, some bad misses. He did not look like Aaron Rodgers out there. So I think this is going to be a bounce-back game. He's going to return to form. I mean, Christian Watson has been going crazy in that Packers wide receiver room. I mentioned he leads the league with a rookie wide receiver touchdown catches with five after having zero prior to week 10. So, and the Eagles, they've looked vulnerable these past couple weeks. I mean, you know, we saw the loss to football team commanders, whatever you want to call them. You know, they looked beatable yesterday against Indianapolis. So the Eagles are kind of sputtering right now. And I think Aaron Rodgers has a bounce back game. The Packers pull off the upset and take the victory. Yeah, no, you're crazy. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a fun day against this Green Bay defense and just run all over them. Yeah, I'm going with Tanner on this one. The Eagles are not. Aaron Rodgers, like he said, had an uncharacteristically bad game. Um, it wasn't, you know, you can't blame that on the receivers like how you can these other losses. I mean, it was pretty much him. So I'm, I think he bounces back this week, and I think the Eagles struggle. I, I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. And that brings us to the second-to-last game we want to get to here. Monday Night Football, this one might be a bit of a snoozer. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. And this is where I think Jeff Saturday's lack of experience is going to you know, work against him because Mike Tomlin, you know, the Steelers record might not reflect it, but Mike Tomlin is a great coach. He's one of the best coaches in the league. The Steelers are just kind of in that, you know, transitional rebuilding phase. So give me the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they march into Indy there and take the W. Oh, that's what I'm going to be doing on Monday night. Man, I (laughs) I don't even want to watch this game. Uh, I agree with you, Tanner. I think the Steelers are going to show up and say, hey, we can beat you. Um, you know, Najee Harris has looked better, uh, especially last yesterday. He looked amazing. He actually looked like a good running back. Um, and, you know, I get Jonathan Taylor's okay, and, uh, you know, he's feeling better. Uh, Michael Pittman's doing fine. They're using Matt Ryan instead of uh, the other guy. 
Uh, I I just think Steelers, TJ Watt's too much to handle. Yeah, no, I think the Steelers march in there and, and show Jeff Saturday what it feels like to lose to a bad team because he is a bad team. Um, I, I, there's no question to me about it. The Steelers win this game easy, Steelers. All right, now that's going to bring us full circle. We're coming back to the game that kicks off week number 12, the Buffalo Bills at the Detroit Lions. That's the first game of Thanksgiving afternoon, 12.30 kickoff, and I got to take the Buffalo Bills in this matchup. I mean, the, the Lions defense is horrendous, so we should be able to just carve through them like a hot knife through butter. I'm going to take the Bills in this one, 37-17. Oh, man, Tanner. Oh, man, I'm going to take the Bills. I mean, come on. Are we really crazy here? It's against the Lions. If you pick the Lions, you must be going for, like, a very good surgical six or something and doing some betting. I, I, I'm i going to take huge win here for the Bills. 55-9. to nine. Ooh, okay. Um, I was I was thinking that huge win. Uh, I'm taking the Bills, and I'm going to take them 42-10. to 10. I wasn't going that big, but... Hey, as long as Josh, just don't throw it to Aiden Hutchinson and we'll be all good. The Bills should uh, be able to pick up the victory with relative ease. But now that is going to do it for today's episode of The Blitz. Before we sign off here, let's uh, throw our social medias out there. Joe, I want to start with you. Where can people find your verified Twitter account? You can find my verified Twitter account on Twitter at The Buffalonian. And you can find me on Instagram at Joe Cali. Daniel? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at double underscore D, capital W-B-N-Y. And I'm on Twitter at TJ Saunders 2000 and on the Instagram at Tanner underscore Saunders 2000. So that is going to do it. Unfortunately, we won't speak to you next until next Monday because Wednesday and Friday, part of our Thanksgiving break here. So we're going to take that time off. You know, I'll be back home spending time with my family and uh, everybody else got their plans as well. So we're going to take an extended break, but we will be back next Monday. And I'm sure uh, we'll have a lot to get to after, you know, a whole week's worth without doing a show so it'll be jam-packed next monday and uh, we'll miss we'll miss being on the air but we will see you in the next one have a great thanksgiving and have a great rest of your day